Andy Plymer. Whose pod, who's podcast is it? Right now? Yeah, I mean, is it yours or is it ours? No, it's yours, The Magic Academy. Cool, The that's second good. best rugby podcast <laughs> on the planet. After Flats and Shanks. <laughs> uh, how's quality. tricks, mate? How's tricks? Weird, I'm in, your, I'm in your dungeon. Yeah, well, I prefer to call it a man cave. Um, you know, lots of, lots of things going on here. Dartboard, rugby po- posters. Uh, heights, heights of kids on the wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they love getting measured. Um, yeah, it's good to be here. This is the coldest room in the house, and we're going through a heat wave, according to you and your son. So uh, you must be loving it. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm so dead. Uh, so have we ended up here? Um. So me or you and me well, you live here, but... uh, why do I live here my wife is here so that's uh, that's an important mm. start um, came here in 2003 uh, to play rugby uh, I was backpacking ended up uh, coming to Montreal to play rugby met my wife uh, through the rugby club she was a uh, fly half for the, the women's side and the captain and then uh, ended up going back to Australia for a few years and then we reconnected and I moved here permanently in 2007 um, we bought a house in 2008, got married in 2009, had our first child in 2010, uh, took a year off 2011, and then had two more kids, and uh, and now I'm here. So uh, it's been a bit of a blur, but it's uh, been a good ride. <coughs> and your wife's still captain? Uh, she's captain of the household, without a doubt. Uh, she doesn't play anymore, but um, she's the CEO and CFO of the house. And I'm the head coach and uh, VP of discipline. Nice. <laughs> your kids are cool. They don't need discipline. No, uh, absolutely not. Tell me why you started your podcast. So we've connected through your podcast, but why did you start it? Uh, it's kind of well. Initially, I was um, I was I I, I created a new uh, options course at the school that I was teaching at. It was an exercise <clears throat> science options course. Um, a phys ed teacher, but I was teaching chemistry and I really wanted to get back into some, have part of my teaching load as uh, phys ed. Um, so I created an uh, exercise science options course, uh, decided I needed to upskill myself on some of the, the strength and conditioning stuff. Uh, so I started like really just inhaling uh, podcasts. There's some great strength and conditioning podcasts out there. And then I started getting curious about what was out there for rugby. Um, started searching around and realized there was there was no rugby podcasts out there that were, you know, anything but kind of chat based and banter and which is all good. I really like those too. And, uh, but there was nothing to help coaches develop and grow. So I figured I'd, I'd give it a crack myself and, uh, took a summer to kind of research what, what it takes to, you know, host a podcast, upload, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and went from there and just, started reaching out to people started with some some friends first like jack hanratty over in nova scotia he was the first one uh and then you know just just started reaching out and it's amazing how many people you know will will want to talk about rugby so i probably did it initially for you know reasons to you know develop myself as a coach i wanted to get better and i was finding it hard to find resources here in canada that that would get me better uh faster i suppose uh, but I also wanted to just, you know, expand my network and, and also, you know, help help other coaches uh, without, you know, trying to sound too arrogant, but just provide a resource that, that would help coaches, you know, just who were, who were keen and, and inquisitive. Top three? Top three podcasts? Of the, oh. ones, of the ones you've ever done. You've done a lot. You've Outs. done like a hundred. 
No, I'm, I'm up 84, to 74. 80, yeah, 84, mid 70s. Yeah, mid 70s. Top three. Who's been your three that you've you think oh, I've learned a lot from those three? Richard Cheatham, uh, without a doubt. The king. Uh, he was great. I can't do a top three. Um, I know it's your podcast, but I'm going to do a, a top five. Uh, definitely yours. Um, that you you and yeah. Richard changed my way. Have of to thinking. say that. Um, yeah, good. yeah. That's a that's a standard one. Uh, it's. I don't know. It's unfair. On um, I, I learn from every podcast. Like there'll two, be three to go. Keep going. <laughs> uh, Checker. I love talking to Checker. Um, he's a controversial character. People love him. People hate him. Um, you know, I I just I was a bit fanboyish um, talking to him. It was post World Cup, so uh, Australia had obviously made the final, so that was pretty exciting. Um, Stuart Lancaster was right up there. Uh, that yeah. was a recent one. Um, top bloke. Um, took a while to set that one up, and he was unbelievably patient. And you know what a what a guy. Just kept, you know, kept in contact, kept returning emails, and just he's a proper rugby man. Man was, of the people. Was, was, yeah, absolutely, totally agree. Um, all right, yeah. Um, what am I up there for? Four. Um, then my fifth would be every other podcast that oh, I've done. Nice. <laughs> you can't you can't press me on that. Um, no, but but to be honest, like I will get one or two things from every podcast, and some of them it'll be like you know that doesn't fit with my context, but of coaching. But others I'll be like absolutely that works for me, and then I'll try it and I'll have to adapt it and and tweak it a little bit, but. There's not a podcast I don't walk away from that I'm like, I, I can't use something from this in my in my day to day coaching and you know from from setting it up to releasing it to editing it to then listening to it once it's all done, it's probably four hours door to door. So there's a lot of thinking about it and processing and then reflecting about it and then trying it and then reflecting on how that went. So every 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 pod's um, had an impact for sure. Nice and yeah. and the book's out soon. The book, uh, there's yeah, no, um, yeah, looking, looking to try and I kind of think of it as like I'm drinking from a fire hose right now of all this content that I'm getting and information that I'm getting, and I'm just trying to find a way where I can kind of narrow it down uh, and really kind of compartmentalize it a little bit. So I'm looking, looking to explore some ebooks uh, and put out some ebooks um, just to really you know again just to provide a resource but also you know to to you know put put stuff in the places for me when I want to go back and look what I've uh, learnt and and review it and yeah so that might be coming soon we'll we'll see how that goes out there a dream podcast if you could have anyone on the podcast who would it be oh you beat me to him Wayne Smithy. Smith yeah Smithy. Wayne Smith so Smithy, get... mate Smithy. Oh, oh really it's Smithy yeah, yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> well, I'll call him Sir Wayne um but yeah Wayne Smith would be right up there why um I'd like to ask him a bit more about um the influence of uh Pierre Vilpero uh with him on his coaching because I think what what and I might be totally off the mark mm. here, but what Pierre Vilpero uh, supports and tries to promote um, has never, maybe in you know the seventies, eighties France, that's what they were playing. But they're 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 they're, they're not playing it now. No, they're so far away from it now. But New Zealand has nailed it, um, and I find that really interesting that 
New Zealand nailed it, France haven't, and I'd like to explore that idea a little bit more with him and um, yeah, the philosophies around, especially the the keeping the ball alive, the offloading game, and and you know for me that's that's how rugby should be played. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to learn about that a bit more. Cool. And um, <clears throat> let's talk. Let's talk about we've been on the pitch twice now. Yeah. Last night, which seems like about a week ago, um, <laughs> with the kids. Tonight with the grown-ups. Uh, what do you think? And what 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 type of stuff was was fun? What's your you've written a list? You mean yeah, I've never got... seen a man write as many <laughs> shopping lists as you. You're pretty good at that too, though. To yeah, be I'm honest, hands on my hand. And yeah, it just yeah. Gets yeah. washed off. Um, I I love the gamification. Um, I've I've bought into game space I've kind of always been you know I've been coaching for 12 years now and I've always been somewhat games based but I didn't really know why I was doing it and then I read uh, Lynn Kidman's book uh, um, Coaching Decision um, crap Coaching Decision Making I think it is um, anyhow that's uh, you can edit that, we'll eh? you, you, that you do loads of editing with <coughs> Lynn's your book. Books, don't you? Lynn's yeah, Lynn Kimmon's book's fantastic it's a bit hard to come by uh, and it's a little bit expensive now um, but, but I got it at the right time and that, that kind of sent me down the game based uh, pathway um, so I really like the gamification where you're exploring ways to um, you know almost turn it into like a computer game and who, who was uh who was the lady that you you've kind of amy price yeah so the queen yeah her. Of, of of video game design really yeah not gamification video yeah. game oh, design okay. just right. clarify right. from my from uh, an academic point of view yeah so <laughs> i heard her pod on uh Stuart armstrong's pod and I, I i got a lot out of that i thought that was fantastic so i'm all in for it um i really like uh the pause concept that you've developed in that. Um, what's what's the pause? How's that work? Just so that people... Because oh, I mean, we had look, someone on so, Twitter yeah, so asking a- about it. So Amy would be, you know, actually there's some reasons to pause. So it would be, and I'm going to forget them, it would be to have a clue. So a clue off a coach. We, mm-hmm. need, we need support. It could be to have a challenge. Coach, we're finding this easy. Set as a challenge. It could be to change. So it could be actually let's... Rusty, can we change the pitch around and play in another direction, mm-hmm. or it could be to cheat? Yeah. So that's been pretty popular with the kids. So the yeah. kids want to go. Hang on, pause, cheat. We want to move some defenders into different places. Mm-hmm. Um, we added celebrate. So C for celebrate. Actually, mm-hmm. pause. We just need to celebrate what that person just did. It yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I guess the yeah, I think the theory behind it is that. Um, to get people to think metacognitively, to think about why they're pausing, um, to use it to help support themselves getting better. Um, every single kid I've asked, and we asked them again last night, would mm. you want to pause a lesson? Would you want to put your hand up and pause a lesson, but you can't or you don't? Every single kid puts their hand up. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there'll be lots of reasons why. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's it's really that. And I think... Probably found it easier with the kids last night than we did with the grown-ups tonight. Definitely, yeah. We've talked about that a bit um, over the last couple of days, and I've definitely found that as well. That the the adults uh, won't buy into it as quickly as the kids do. The quick, the kids, it's almost immediate. 
Um, there's very little resistance to it, but I, I think, yeah, that's their context too with playing computer games. Is they, they get to do that, and so why shouldn't they be able to do it in the classroom or on the on the on the practice field? Um, yeah, I like that, and I like um, I love the the replay um, idea that they get to they get to call a replay. I I've done things like that in the past where it's okay that didn't go well. Why didn't it go well? Okay, do you want another chance at it? Let's do it. But I like that the way you're doing it is that you're, you're you're formalizing it in a way, but you're also giving it to the players. Okay, you get three replays in this game. So if if something goes, uh, you know, a little little off kilter that you you want to try again, you get the same mid game. Okay, we're replaying, and the game stops, and they get to set up that scenario again, and and make small corrections and problem solve, and and the coach is basically just standing there. With, waiting for it to start again and I think that's really empowering for yeah, them. Yeah and there's been a couple <clears throat> uh, there wasn't any tonight but uh, you know where they've actually there's one tonight where they give the opposition they use the replay to support the opposition and there wasn't one tonight but I have seen replay I want to make that harder for myself Rusty. Yeah. I just nailed a 50 yard right foot cross kick and I'm pretty curious as if I can do it with my left foot mm. so that would be less rare but um, yeah sorry more rare but I would, um, I've I've seen that stuff happen. Yeah, I think the more time you spend with a group too, the more comfortable they get with that kind of concept that I can I can do this at any time and I'll be supported uh, by the players and coach. Uh, and you, I think you could explore some really exciting things there. And uh, yeah, I think there's so much potential uh, for for that. So yeah, I really like that. Um, big fan of the the coach assistant cards that yeah you, that you yeah. developed. Um, what, what was the just so listeners coming understand out about soon that? yeah coming out soon <laughs> uh, yeah just because I know I know what I'm not very good at yeah. um, so I'm really excited about attack so I think there was one card and I just put names on it so I think it might have been the the defence card might have been the Wayne Smith card um, and um, yeah you're not allowed to stop the game but you you have to support both teams with defence you're allowed six uh, I bet you can't so, for example, I bet you can't get an intercept. Mm. You're allowed a certain number of questions, and you have to check in with me twice, because once again, I'm rubbish at checking in with assistant, co- oh, sorry, co-coaches. Mm. Uh, the other one was, um, let's call it the Damien McGrath card. So the Damien McGrath card is um, support the five players finding it the hardest. Once mm. again, Rusty's not that good at that. Rusty's generally in the mixer with the better players, mm. and he might be missing opportunities to support those players. So don't stop the game. Catch them doing ten things well. Yeah. Um, give them support around that. And yeah, once again, I've seen some really good coaching. It gives a it it supports me because I'm not good at that, and b it gives some coaches some clear functions within the session, yeah. and they have opportunities to to try that. Uh, yeah. Same again, that one has to check in with me because I'm not very good at it. Mm. So a good example, so the other day was um, the coach who was supporting the players just said, Rusty, they're all really good. And I said, well, how about, what are you thinking? And he said, well, actually, there's some people on the edges getting less touches, so Mm. we then discussed a way of involving those players more. So Mm. um, that was really useful for me. Uh, Definitely helped as a, as a team, be a better coach. Yeah, I, I think it's great because I think we we talked about this a bit too. That like we've all been in those environments where you're the coach in the middle, 
and there's assistant coaches on the side or you're the assistant coach on the side and there's one coach in the middle doing everything and really we're we're wasting resources uh, by having three coaches standing there watching the same things talking about the same things where they're not passing that information on to the players and I think it could really um, you know speed up learning um, and, and maximize the time even if you just it's you and one other coach you and you got 20 athletes you 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 want you run you run the session and you plan the interventions like what your what your want to what your role is and you know the one player might get spoken to three times when potentially they could get spoken to zero times if it's just you running the yeah session. that's so been that. and then huge. i've asked the kids you know put your hand up if you've had a an interaction with a coach that isn't me and there's lots of kids putting their hands up and they've had individual chats and you know then i'll you know i'll say look what's your preference do you stand over here if you prefer individual stand over there if you think you want to listen to a 44 year old man from middlesbrough about rubbish in a huddle for an extended period of time and they rarely stand near me so um yeah it's just been really useful i just think it's a better way of as you said being more intentional around how we coach together rather than standing together looking at the same thing fueling our own biases yeah um which isn't that helpful for the players yeah Yeah, and i think just going back to the pause and the replay i think one thing that i've found that i coaching the group tonight i i had to step in and kind of help them with a pause help them with a replay and say look you you have this availability and again it was the adults so they'll they'll it was taking a little bit of time for them to do that but I had to actually stop them and say, look, there's a real learning opportunity here on the pause. And I'd only think about a third of the players have understood why you paused. So I think it'd be really important just to just to really try and capture that learning in that moment. Because once, once you play on, that's gone. And I think, you know, just giving them a chance, okay, you've got 30 seconds to go and talk about why you paused, how you can make it better and what you're going to do in, you know, the next 30 seconds after this. So that... That was kind of my one observation of where I'd I'd take it in my coaching environment. Yeah, I, I don't think it's. I think it's understanding where you pick people up from. If, mm. as most of us have spent most of our time being the person who does the pausing as a coach, to go from one to the other is pretty unlikely. Clearly, we would, we might take them a bit of the way there and, and bounce around a bit. But it's just. Yeah, we we're still going to coach. Yeah. So we're still going to, at times, go. Actually, here's a great opportunity for a coach to pause the session. And mm. so we did it a couple of times with pause. You know, freeze. What have you noticed? You know, actually, what have the people been doing off the ball in the last five seconds? If you could get into better positions, what would you do? And you know, then later on they could use that pause themselves as well. Yeah. Just need a bit of support around yeah. it. Yeah, no, I agree. What else? Any other stuff you've you've enjoyed? I, I like the focus on language. Um, I think that's like it's such an overlooked area in, in teams and what they're doing in attack, defense, and turnover. Um, and I don't think many teams, teams I coach included, have a common language. Um, I've common never... language that's used. Yeah, exactly. So I know lots of teams that have a common language because mm. it's on a play sheet. Yeah. And it possibly wasn't their language and it possibly not yeah. that meaningful interestingly just triggered me on the Crusaders but the Crusaders with their theming so when they had the heavyweight champion of the world theming then mm. <clears throat> their moves were you know the you know whatever whatever right boxing words would be the right yeah, hook yeah. or a left hook or yeah. an uppercut or that mm. so it would have meaning for them it would have connection yeah um, yeah I think that's important and I think 
yeah, if it if it comes from a theme or from the players themselves, that's really really key. And I think also thinking about when are the players going to be doing it in a game and how fatigued are they going to be and um, you know who's going to be calling it. I think that's really key. And I've I've been playing around a little bit uh, with the defence coaching stuff that I'm doing with the uh, the women's university team that I'm I'm coaching with and just just throwing some stuff out there and saying to the to the the girls what what do you like what don't you like what's working and you know just some simple language and and then putting some scoring around that as well in a, in a game if if I hear it in this situation and it's the right time to call it you get double points or you know if there's if you save a try because you called you said that that word that we've all agreed on that that's you know double points or or something along those lines so I think there's so much we can do on, on that and I think that's where you get a lot of your big bang you know, your bang for your buck for um, you know skill development's slow it takes a long time but I think that kind of how teams work together cohesively and how they how they kind of support each other on the field and and, and those kind of things I think we can really accelerate um, a team's performance I suppose uh, more quickly than than looking at you know some individual closed skills what was your favorite bit from training today don't forget you ran your back session so it could definitely be your back your backs because we split the foot no we didn't but you did some <laughs> some first phase stuff um what was your what was your favorite bit in the first phase stuff um i really liked we we kind of planned the session together and um i really liked starting Starting the backs in a first phase uh, with their backs turned to the defence. Um, I then kind of grew it a little bit where I manipulated the defence because I wanted to see a certain thing. That, well, why that... would you turn the backs? What do you th- what do you think? And what was the benefit? Yeah, I asked the guys that, and you know they were they were, you know we have to we have to scan we have to, you know process the information that we have. We can't just run a pre rehearsed move. We we have to see what the defence is offering us before we make a decision to run a certain pre-rehearsed move so yeah that that went that went well I really enjoyed that and um, yeah just just kind of encouraging players to kind of explore those ideas and then manipulating the defence a little bit to to kind of uh, push and nudge a word that you'll use uh, a lot um, just to to push them into an area that I know is a weakness or a work on for the group so so spending time with the defence to give opportunities to the attack exactly you you were hoping that actually the attack haven't previously spotted these opportunities Mm. and Mm. let's see if they do spot them yeah exactly yeah yeah. so so essentially yeah so essentially I was the 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 coach had said to me look we're we're having problems drifting uh, multi-phase backs plays like yeah, you know, phase play in the backs, where we're drifting. Uh, the defense is finding that really easy. Uh, we're not getting much, um, you know, gain line or or however you want to measure it. Um, yeah, so just I spent a lot more time with the defense, saying, okay, I want there to be. There was one one play with they ran. And I had the ten and the twelve shoulder to shoulder, and the the thirteen was probably there was probably a seven meter gap between the thirteen and the twelve, and they didn't recognize it <laughs> so you know and that was a really good learning moment like yeah, i would have yeah. loved them to run that hard unders line and hit that gap but they didn't and but there was still some learning there so that was cool 
I think, I mean, once again, I think the best defence coaches would be spending time with the attack mm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. The best defence coaches would be sent to the attack. Look, I bet you can't score for kick because mm. you know that it's something your team needs to work on. Yeah. They would be constantly setting them problems. That's cool. My favourite bit was, um, and I can't remember. Sorry, what was your favourite bit? Sorry, My favourite bit, is that you asked, was the um, the guy from, who, from Zimbabwe. Yeah, so yeah, we were Clint. just trying yeah, to really beauty. annoy Clint. Um, <laughs> so we played a game where one team had a, a player who could his first touch didn't count. Yeah, and Clint was losing his mind a little bit, and then actually the next team came over and I said, "Look, who?" Who would you? Who do you think would be the easiest person to aggravate? Because you win the game if you aggravate him, and they said Clint. So <laughs> I binned him. I was like making decisions against him. I was, and to be fair to him, he was. He was, and then I actually moved him off the wing. I said, "Mate, you got to stop standing on the wings, do my head in, get in the middle of the pitch." So suddenly he's playing in a position he's not used to, mm. and he and he did well. He did yeah. really well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was good fun. I enjoyed it. I was pretty, I was pretty annoyed. He wasn't annoyed, but um, uh, it was, it was good fun. And we then we just chewed the fat around. Look how, yeah. how do you guys react when you know you get some calls go against you? What would be useful? What's, what's the possible solution? So no, yeah. it was good fun. Yeah, I would have loved to have you as a coach when I was playing because that was definitely a weakness. That was my Achilles heel for sure. And being. We talked about it on the, the drive home tonight. Um, my three toughest years of coaching was when I was a player coach because you're, you're trying to... You shouldn't be, but you're trying to micromanage what your, team, yeah, what your team's doing. You're trying to influence the ref in some way, which is pointless. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it took me a while. And I actually, I actually went to a sports psychologist for a number of sessions and it wasn't until then that I realised like I've just got to let let that stuff go and I still wasn't perfect still aren't it's still something that I I need to continue working on and all and do but it's always it's always there and uh, yeah definitely players need support in that area coaches need support in that area so yeah true one. what's been your favourite season ever given there's quite a lot of pictures on the wall in front of us yeah which one's your fave Oh, 2012 Wales Australia at the Millennium. Yeah, that was a good game. That was, um, I think, was that where uh, Shane Williams scored in the dying minutes? I think it was. I was on my feet for that. I was a big Shane Williams fan. Um, Favorite season, I would say, when the mighty Montreal Irish got promoted to the Premier Division. And then the next year, uh, we won the Premier Division for the first time in, I don't know, 25 years of the club's history. That was pretty cool. Um, I was a player and a little bit of coaching, but someone else was the head coach at that time. But, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty epic. Um, I would say also, uh, tied with that, was the time I spent with uh, Canada U17, uh, had uh, I was coaching with Curry Hitchborn from BC and Dan Meikle. Best beard, uh, best beard in Curry's BC. Curry's easily got the best beard in uh, possibly Canada, <laughs> uh, arguably, uh, or even North America. Uh, and Dan Meikle from Alberta, he's a Kiwi who's living in Alberta, and just that was like the the dream coaching team. Like us three, I'd I'd love to work with those three, those two again as a as a group. That was that was a really good time as well. Why? We just like, I don't know, we, 
we made each other better. Um, I got from Curry, I got like, dude, just chill out. Like, you know, he just gives gives off that vibe. Just it's it's just rugby. Like it's just enjoy it. And um, from from Dan, I got a lot of laughs. Uh, he's he's a great scrum coach, but I got a, a just. It was more a lot of the off-field stuff. Um, we were really supporting each other um, with the planning as well. And when things didn't go well, we we problem solved really well in a in a in a good environment where where sometimes those environments can be, you know, a little bit harsh, a little bit critical. Uh, we were we were really supportive of that. Like it's like like they're just kids, and we're we're new coaches and we're all learning so let's you know do it in a in a really fun enjoyable way um so yeah that that was that was probably the the reasons there with those guys yeah uh, what do we should know when you were <coughs> starting out coaching what, what was that sorry what what two or three things do you wish you'd know when you started out coaching um don't don't take it so seriously uh it's it's just a game um uh offload first breakdown second um Mm. Uh, challenge the defense to get the ball back um, spend more time on turnover ball uh, spend less time on set piece first phase um, just be 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 more uh, have more conversations more one on ones uh, more kind of arms around shoulders uh less kind of direct feedback more questioning those kind of things they'd be they'd be big on the list yeah nice good yeah good, <laughs> good. smiling so I yeah like, i would i would i would think a lot of those things would have been useful for me as well yeah yeah i think it's i'd, I'd never take back my time as being a player coach but like i learned a lot about coaching but a, a, a huge amount about myself um but if someone was to go into coaching and they had the option not to be a player coach, I would, I would say, you know, maybe consider it. Um, and if you're going to be a player coach, maybe be an assistant coach as opposed to uh, a head coach. Um, it was more out of necessity. Um, so, so yeah, it'd be good, good to revisit those. But you can't. But so you just you grab the grab the learnings from it and and move on. And you know, I'm still with the same club, so so it's it's pretty sweet. They still like me. Just about. <laughs> just about. Yeah. Uh, what are the questions do you want me to ask you? Um, we talked. We talked a bit about um, Canadian rugby and how how that's growing. What do you? What do you? What am I thinking? Yeah. What do you? What What do you? What did you notice about uh, your your two days here? Yeah, and I've obviously been over to to Alberta and to mm-hmm. uh, BC as well. Um, lots of keen people. Yeah. Uh, lots of good people. Uh, lots of females. So mm-hmm. lots of female coaches, definitely yep. over in BC as well. Yeah. Um, it's cold for a long time <laughs> of the year, so it's quite hard in terms of you know facilities and yeah. And yep. so I think there's some some pretty good people involved. Um, the kids were really skillful yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they knew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had a million pounds, I'd spend it all on coach development. Yeah. 
I wouldn't um, I would develop Canadian coaches mm -hmm. I wouldn't go through cycles of foreign coaches yeah with due respect to the you know I know that actually some people have come in and done a great job so mm -hmm. I know Damo well and he's done a brilliant job with the sevens and definitely left a legacy that has been continued on now um, yeah and Kieran showed you know this year with uh, with Benetton um, being coach of the year for the Pro 14 like that's I've, I've always he's always he's, he's always been a very open and receptive coach um, I've worked with him closely on a couple of projects and yeah that made me happy to see him get that award and it's it's really well deserved because he, he's a good coach and it shows when you're supported um, you know that you can tap into that potential and and and, and get results so that, that was really pleasing to see that yeah I would I mean who are the you know there's lots of good Canadian coaches mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. and, and we've mentioned a few of them um, and there'd be lots more so how are they getting developed what's the what's the pathway of coaches look like that would be something I would be mm. thinking a lot about and yeah the coaches are really keen to learn yeah. so they're really excited and open and you know and I, and I get that there's a probably a resource challenge in terms of people there's also a geography challenge mm -hmm. so it's be very different to England you know you can't just get in the car and drive and see people mm. it's a long way yeah yeah um, absolutely especially when it's snowing yeah uh, so yeah I've probably got to think a bit differently about what that looks like and maybe regionalize it more and a bit more community mm -hmm. practice stuff and some more online type stuff which I know some yeah. of the provinces are doing pretty well so yeah that would be my that's probably my take on it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, you know, I've been here for 12 years now, so I, I feel I've got a, you know, decent enough understanding and have been involved in, you know, some some different levels of programs and that. And I, I just, I still, I still don't think we've got, like, a Canadian solution to what we're doing in Canada in terms of just rugby as a whole, but also as coach development and also as player pathways and things like that. Um you, you know, need cards. You need your version of cards. I think that would be useful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something to no, hang your hat on as a framework. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, I look at what's happened. What's happened in Argentina in the last kind of ten, fifteen years? Um, Argentina versus Canada fifteen years ago uh, would have been a, a tight one. Um, I think uh, now Argentina clearly been involved in Super Rugby and uh, uh, the, you know the. the Tri Nations or um, what's it called now? Super the, the Rugby Championship. Rugby Championship, yeah, thanks. Um, Not that your home country are in it. <laughs> well, they they participate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they'll win it this year. Um, but uh, I think what they've done, we could learn a lot from from those lessons there. Um, and yeah, I think the pay to play for athletes uh, model is detrimental. Uh, I think we lose, I've seen it just in my regional rep programs that I've run. You'll have 40 kids at practice, you then explain to them the, the costing and the, your next practice session you'll have 18 kids at your practice. And it's, you know, we need to find a way, uh, a model that fits Canada in that regards. And yeah, I think there could be there could be a lot of investment in coach development. Um, it's a it's a massive country, second largest in the world, and 
we need to really, you know, carpet bomb the country with, with coaches who are going to coach coaches and um, help help in all levels of rugby to, to grow the game. And, yeah, I think uh, there'd be some, some big, big, uh, big pay there if that, was, if that investment was, was made. Not literally carpet bomb with no, humans. No, no, please. Um, World Cup, tell me who's gonna who's gonna do well. How are Australia gonna do? What's what's it look like for Canada? It's pretty tough though. I guess they're bringing people from all over the world. Who's gonna mm. win it? What's your what's your sense? Uh, I, I'll always back the Wallabies. Uh, I love them. Uh, it's been a tough uh, decade, uh, but. Um, I think from last World Cup, anything can happen. They got lucky, of course, in the uh, against Scotland um, in the quarter. But you know that's there's going to be a lot of decisions like that. I think in um, this World Cup, so anything goes there. So I'll always back them to 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 make the semis for sure. And you know, I'll I'll be hoping they win for sure. Um, whether they do or not, who's who, going to win knows? it? Uh, I'll, I might go a bit left field here and go France or South Africa. Um, I think France's form leading up to this World Cup is classic France. Um, disarray, um, big scoreline losses. Uh, but if you look at any team that hasn't won the World Cup who's consistently in the semi-finals or finals, it's France. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know. I like. South Africa's like, of course, New Zealand's got to be got to be you know a red hot favourite. Um, but there's something about South Africa. There's something about Razzie Erasmus that I like. Um, and I think if they get their their nine ten combo right and they play a bit more of a, a, a like an offloading game, which they have shown at times, um, and Wales have shown at times too, which is an interesting one too. I think South Africa could be uh, a dangerous one. You? I think it's going to be England-New Zealand final. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know what it looks like But uh, in terms of the draw, but I do think I think South Africa could be a semi-finalist mm-hmm. and I think uh, Australia could be a semi-finalist. Mm-hmm. I think France will continue their form. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, that's I think the romantic just, in me. I think, I think that wanting friends to go through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, who do you think will be a bolter? Yeah, I guess we haven't spoken about the RGs. Think they're going to mm, be yeah. pretty tasty. Mm. Um, is they're yeah. getting a lot of uh, like they're getting him off back, I believe, and they're getting some overseas players back who are yeah, pretty special. Play together a lot. I think what you said is true. I think. Canada had that if they were in the Pro 14 or I know they're in the MLR stuff it would make a big difference to Canadian rugby yeah absolutely it would change yeah. their pathway yeah and I think that's exciting that you know the T- Toronto Arrows with MLR they made the final this year and you know although it is only a block of three months of professional rugby it's professional rugby we've never had here before and I I think that should be the goal we need a second Canadian team in that MLR competition and we need you know, we need players getting a taste of that environment. Um, you know, to to develop and because right now we are still, well, this year will be different. Um, a large percentage of the players will be coming from a a professional environment, uh, whether it be MLR or overseas. But 
previous years it's been a lot of the players have come directly from club to to national or even you know a lower division england kind of um team so it's you know it's it's tough to compete i think at at, at that top end uh coming from that environment what do you think what are the, what's going to be the stuff that goes on on the pitch so what's going to be different at the world cup everyone has a few months to prepare for it <clears throat> Well, Practice think, some yeah. new stuff. What mm. any stuff you're thinking the way the game might go? I think the the tackle law variations or the new tackle laws coming in. I think we saw at the the U twenty World Cup how how impactful that was. So I think teams will be. Um, I think you'll see the chop tackle being used a lot more effectively, uh, which will then maybe result in uh, some turnover ball opportunities at the breakdown being more you know prominent which will then result in turnover tries turnover ball tries being really like the chances of getting turnover ball trials be 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 a lot higher um i'd love to see i'd love to see australia play like they play like the u20s played uh i got I got really excited about that team. Keep uh, the ball alive. Keep the ball alive. Yeah, everything, everything's quick. Everything's off the floor if it can be. Um, you know, offload first, breakdown second. Um, yeah, I, I loved what they were doing. Um, they had some really good playmakers, multiple playmakers, which is, I, I like that when you have two, two ball players on the field, even three if you can. Um, so I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say they'd, they'd be the big ones uh, for me. You? Yeah, I'm thinking people have a bit more time to focus on stuff, so there'll <laughs> be some hope. As Australia showed last World Cup, I think they'll have some special plays, mm-hmm. which will be cool. I think there'll be some exciting first-phase stuff. Yeah. Uh, kick to score um, will, will be because I think lots of teams are becoming yeah. much more 14 men on feet. Line speedy type stuff, uh, and then Wings defensively, up, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then defensively, I think they'll be more focused on dictating. So actually, leaving spaces, maybe forcing nines into little snipes and tackling them, and mm. yeah, hopefully more defenses start to think like that as opposed to thinking we're just going to be a system. Mm. Which traditionally World Cups have been defense dominated. The, the teams that defend the best tend to tend to go the furthest in the competition so yeah, yeah. you were speaking about going over to Leinster over mm. which environments have you been to that you, you've enjoyed uh, so I went to Dragons uh, yeah it's probably well that's when we first just met. before they sacked their coaches yeah yeah I was um, I had Birch on the on the podcast he's a he's a legend yeah he's um, a good man uh, I love chatting with him on the pod and then he was kind enough to have kind enough to have me over there um, so I spent a couple of days there, and that was really cool to to see that um, you know training environment, um, you know, seeing the strength and conditioning staff working with the therapists, working with the the coaches, and the planning that went into that. So that was I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I had Andy Friend on the on the pod. I had Stuart Lancaster on the pod. So I'd love to spend you know a week week and a half over in Ireland and try and um, go visit those two environments and see what they do what's different what's how, how's how's connacht uh you know work differently to leinster considering their their 
their position financially and on the on the the, the totem pole, I suppose, uh, for want of a better word. Um, yeah, I'd love I'd love to see that environment. I'm I'm really keen uh, to this year. Um, I'm I'm starting a new job, and one of the one of the staff at the new jobs, uh, the the hockey coach for the women's team. Um, so. I'll be leading ice hockey. The ice hockey. Yeah, sorry, just a just a not field hockey. Yeah, no, not field hockey. Um, we're in Canada, um, so I think the first conversation I have with her will lead, hopefully, lead to me coming and watching a couple of sessions and and bouncing some ideas off each other. Yeah, I'm easily, I'm easily the best Australian hockey player in my house, um, but the worst, second worst skater. I'm I'm better than my wife, but all three kids all three are better kids than me. Better. Yeah. Yeah, even the three year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's tough. And Abby. And Abby. Abby. That's yeah. your daughter's name. She's good. I thought you said sure, Debbie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, they're they're great. Yep. Yeah. Nice. I got some. I've written some one words for you. Me you too. You got some one words. Yeah, I got some. Abby. How many you got? How many you got? Um, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Um. Eight. Because I'm Jeez. just adding some. Jeez. How many have you got? I'm at six. I'll go first then. Okay. Actually, I'll reduce them down. Uh, okay. Australia. Uh, home. Correct. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Canada. <laughs> um, home 2.0. Rugby. Passion. Coaching. Uh, these are tough. These are way tougher than I thought they'd be. Um, Those won't come. Influential. Montreal Irish. Um, oh, I, yeah, I can't say love because I know you're going to ask about my wife. So... Uh, um, you you could say the same one twice. Yeah. Okay. Love. <laughs> Family. <laughs> um, crucial. Uh, Magic Academy. Um, absolute. Well, I can't say two words, right? Um, essential. Stuart Lancaster. Legend. Jonah. Ooh. Um. Bestie. Nice. Yeah. That was yeah, it. Yeah, Alright, I got some Montreal for you. Yeah. Uh, Montreal. Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Check uh, uh check Twitter for that one. Hot. Hot, yeah, you struggled today. <laughs> like touring around the city oh. with a polar bear. You were a lot of panting. Um Jen and the kids. Class. Cool. Uh, Montreal Club Rugby. Uh, potential. Yep. Nice. Um, traveling with a teenager. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I yeah, love it. It's cool. been brilliant. Yeah, no, he's a good boy. He's he's awesome. He's been great with the kids. I really appreciate it. Um, advice to Canadian coaches. Chillax. Yeah. Nice. Uh, rugby World Cup. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, yeah. we haven't even spoken about Fiji. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. Or Wales, I know. or Ireland. I know. I know, it's insane. Oh, or a little bit about Argentina. It's yeah. like, or Scotland yeah. on yeah. the day, or yeah. it's like ridiculous. No. 
New Zealand probably aren't quite where they have been. It's mm. like... No, it's going to be insane. I'm it's, pumped for it. I'm definitely going to do no work. No, it's going to be a lot for of about doing. a month. Yeah. To be fair, I have got a lot of work and I mm. probably should have thought that through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have blocked that out. Yeah. Is that it? Is that all my words done? That's it, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, one more. Man cave. Cold. Yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's beautiful. Mate, thanks. Appreciate being Mate, on your pod awesome. and you being yeah. on my pod. Yeah. And we'll, uh, well, next time. It's it's one all. So you came over. I've been over. So yeah. we've decided at some stage. Yeah, and it's two one. I've done two interviews on my pod with you. You've done one with me. So correct. Yeah, yeah. So cool. We'll, we'll sort something out. Later. <laughs> Thanks, cool, mate. mate. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Awesome. Bye.